Hi, I'm your host, Sarah Wheeler, but this week, HW Media's founder and CEO, Clayton Collins, is stepping in to interview Finance of America Mortgages, Gino Franti and Don Getling. In this episode, the founders of DG Media and the Don and Gino Show discuss how to best coach originators in today's market, as well as how to be an origination leader in 2021. Thanks for listening, and I'll join you next week. Hi, Housing News listeners. This is Alcina Lloyd, and I'm the producer of this weekly podcast, which is a proud member of the Industry Syndicate. You just heard from our host, Sarah Wheeler, but before we dive into this episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. For over 60 years, the private mortgage insurance industry has helped more than 33 million low to moderate income borrowers access affordable, low down payment home financing. This year, the private MI industry will continue to bridge the down payment gap for millions of more Americans and serve as the best option for low down payment borrowers. Learn more at www.usmi.org. Thank you for listening, and here's episode six of season five of the Housing News Podcast. Hey folks, Clayton Collins here. I am the president and CEO at HW Media, and I'm back to record another episode of Housing News. Sarah Wheeler has been guiding us forward for the last few months, but I couldn't be more thrilled to be back with you today, back on air with two great guests, Gino Fronti and Don Getling, area managers at Finance of America Mortgage. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today, and welcome to Housing News. How exciting to just be with you, Clayton, and, and part of Housing Wire. So we're excited. This is good stuff, and uh, we're pumped on the uh, I'm moving forward, buddy. Yeah, just really well, I, appreciative of you having us on today, man. Good and I, I can't I can't not say you're not, you are area managers of Finance of America Mortgage, and that's why we have you here today. But you're also economic journalists and founders of DG Media and the Don and Gino Show. You've been you've been on air long before this podcast wave really uh, got momentum. So uh, I, I kind of feel like I have uh, big shoes to fill. Yeah, I have like the real pros in, in front of me on uh, or on the other side of the mic today. But you took our silver bullet away, Clayton. We can't act like we're amateurs and get away with our blooper reels. <laughs> and now everybody's going to expect like, well, after 13 years, they should be good at this. <laughs> well, I'll do my best to trip you up and get a couple of blooper wheels, reels going anyway. Yeah, my shoelaces are tied already. We're good. <laughs> Well, well, gentlemen, let, let's jump. Let's jump into the conversation today. So, looking back to to last week, crazy, crazy week for the the mortgage industry. We saw the the bond market have some massive movements that impacted mortgage rates, set mortgage originators and homeowners and prospective refi borrowers into a frizzy, and uh, everyone had to adapt. And uh, as area leaders and managers of Finance of America Mortgage, I recognize that you probably had a little bit of a hectic week and a lot of conversations to be had. So before we get into those specific conversations and, and that coaching, Don, can you walk us through exactly what played out last week and how it impacted the market? Uh, I'd be glad to. Thanks, Clayton. And, and Gino and I work hard on following this. We follow Barry Habib, and we've really paid attention where the markets go. We lead our, our team of 125 and 45 loan officers and help them kind of navigate the market. So uh, in all honesty, this was a little bit of a surprise for even us, because a lot of you are out there like, how come you couldn't see this happening? And we're like, well, go back to last March when COVID hit. Usually there's a catalyst that makes this happen. And this time we didn't quite see the catalyst coming until it happens. And, and we've been warning our team now for quite some time is 
enjoy these rates as long as you can work, 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 work 14, 16 hours, because the day it switches, it'll go before you know it, it'll turn immediately and you won't be able to go back. You're going to look back and say, I wish I would have worked harder because that was the, some of the best times of my career. And a lot of you out there, I know, had the best years ever and you thought it would last forever. Now, we're going to put in, uh, in context of where we're really at because I've been doing this for over three decades. So I've seen this a, a few times and we'll be okay. This is, this is a moment in time and we're all going to be okay, especially for the true professionals that are smart enough to listen to housing wire and be, you know, pay attention to markets because there's a sell-off happening that, that triggered another sell-off that triggered another sell-off basically. I mean, people had certain positions in the treasuries and, there, and a lot of people are hedging because the market's been good so long that once they saw the market selling off, others went, oh, oh I better protect myself and I'm going to sell. And the next person went, oh, they're selling off. I better sell. And nobody could see this coming at, at the extreme because we have support levels that we all thought we'd hit and bounce off. And we're like, oh, it's okay. Just a little, little adjustment, a correction in the market. Well, obviously we've seen for the last two weeks losing, you know, 300 basis points and 400 basis points since the beginning of the year. That's, you know, three quarters of percent to a full percent interest rate. That is dramatic. But as Gino was talking before our show is two, three years ago, we said, hey, if you had three and a half percent interest rates, you'd be kissing us. So we're still in a good place. It's just an adjustment time and we'll all get through it. Yeah. So what Don was describing there is called convexity. Yep. You, you, what happens is you got to remember we hedge positions and, and not only do we hedge positions, but everybody hedges positions. And it's kind of becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy where even though it, we know it's bad for us, we have to sell anyway. So it's actually ourselves, the mortgage industry is actually selling a lot of these T-bills, which when the T-bill rises, now it's causing mortgage backs to rise with it. So we're almost creating our own problem, but we have no choice but to do that because of margin calls. And I know that if you go back to March 9th of last year and go back and take right. a look at the charts for March 9th of last year, the same thing happened. I learned that word convexity March 9th of last year. Hadn't seen it before then or didn't know that that's what was happening when the markets melted down. So if I encourage you, if you're feeling anxiety over the markets, go back and look at the chart. March 9th of last year was 10 times worse than it was last week. And right. we recovered and we had the best year of our lives. So don't panic, be a professional and you'll be fine. So it seems like the initial trigger point before everybody started losing their minds was when we started to see the yield on the 10 year uh, shoot up really quickly. Gino, can you go a little bit deeper into exactly how the yield on the 10 year impacts 30 year mortgage rates and, uh, and kind of with the context of how loan originators and real estate agents and their professionals, frontline professionals should understand this rate relationship when they're speaking to clients and colleagues. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good point. And also sometimes a mistake that a lot of people make, uh, they look at the tenure because it's readily available information, really mortgage backed securities are the ones that actually control mortgage rates. But the one that's available on Yahoo Finance and everywhere in the world is the 10-year note. So it's a good marker. Sometimes they move in unison and sometimes they don't. But at least it's a good idea. So let's talk about who invests in 10-year notes. It's not usually you and I buying 10-year notes. Why? Because it only pays 1% return. So one of my really good friends is one of the top financial analysts and uh, wealth managers in the nation. And we were having this conversation years ago. He says, 
we have to drive down the 10-year note in order for the United States to be able to afford the amount of debt that we've created. So what we've done or what the Fed has done by driving down these bonds over the last few years, and you could say it's a conspiracy or whatever you want, but the way they've driven down these bonds by stimulating the purchase of bonds is they've refinanced the American debt. Right. So that 10-year note is American debt. So they refinanced it and got it all the way down below 1%. How amazing is that for this giant debt that we have now? The majority, a large chunk of it is under 1%. So my point was institutions buy hundreds of millions of dollars of notes when they're looking for safety. They want to know, hey, I just don't want to lose the money. I don't care if I make a profit. I'm just trying to hold it somewhere safe and not lose it. But when you've got the stock market frenzy, and people are making 20 and 30 and 40% and markets are going, and even indexes are going up five, six, 7%. The best of wealth managers that are controlling things like CalPERS and all these giant institutions that have hundreds of millions of dollars, they're willing to take a little more risk right now. There's a lot of anticipation and a lot of excitement and exuberance about taking the masks off and going back to real life. And so they think it's a safe time to take money out of bonds and put them back into riskier assets to get a better yield. But just to <laughs> tap that off, Gino, that's brilliantly said. Thank you, buddy. I'm glad you handled that question. <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, but the key thing that Barry brought up today was really interesting is now that the 10 years getting up to a 1.5153 amount, it's now going to compete with dividends from the S&P. So yep. now it's like, well, do you bother to keep your money in the stock market that's a lot more risky than something that's backed you know, by the government? So it's going to be an interesting play at this stage where we finish the market off. You know, We're right at 1.53, right at that mark that Barry said, and he, he's usually on, on trigger. And the, in the market, you know, the bond market's off 114 today. That's pretty strong. So we're, it's going to be interesting moving forward to which direction we go because also, you don't want the stock market sound off too much because that uh, the feds are going to try to protect from that also. They don't want to sell off. So it's going to be interesting from here to see how much the Fed gets more involved to protect us. So as we look forward and uh, we see where institutional money managers are, are putting money and we try to anticipate what's going to happen in the rate market, how do you coach the originators that you work with on, on fielding those questions about, well, where are rates going from here? Should we be thinking about refi in now or in March or, or June? Um, yeah. how, how are you coaching your, your teams on working through a volatile or a long-term rising rate environment? Yeah. So I think that uh, I think back to maybe like eight or nine years ago, I heard from Jeremy Forcier, if they like it, lock it. And it's that simple. I mean, I know it doesn't seem like it's that simple, but if it helps the borrower achieve the goals that they're trying to achieve, look, are they trying to buy a house? then it really isn't all that critical, whether it's three and a quarter or three and a half. I've had maybe 10 mortgages on my homes before in the last 15, 20 years. It doesn't matter. You don't remember. You're hypersensitive to it at the moment of time where you're purchasing a mortgage. But after that, it's just a payment. So it doesn't matter. So the thing is, does it achieve, help them achieve their goals? So if they're buying a home and they purchase home today, good news. If it goes down, you can refinance. If you wait and it goes up, there's nothing you can do. Homeownership just became more, more expensive for you. So take action today is the advice that we're telling people that are in the market to purchase. They shouldn't wait because it could get very expensive quickly. 
That's for the purchase. And then on the refinance side, what's kind of nice is rates are still, as you know, still at historical lows, not the lowest ever, but historical lows. There's still opportunities. Believe it or not, you'd be surprised when we look at our charts, how many people still have interest rates above 4% for one. And two, maybe they need to do improvements. The good news is everybody's gained a ton of equity. Anybody who's owned a home recently has gained a ton of equity on average, almost 10% a year, seven to 10%. So now they have equity positions to one, maybe pull a cash out to improve their home or two, a lot of people have debt. That's just a fact. What if we eliminated that debt? If, even if you had to raise your interest rate on your current home uh, mortgage and, but paid off all that debt, that's a, a ton more expensive it still would be a better position for them. So now's the time for all of you out there to be true advisors. This is where the real professionals come out, not the order takers. I mean, if you're a refinance market, you know, you're, you're an answer in a call center, you're in trouble, <laughs> plain and simple. But if you're a real advisor and still helping your clients out with all, you know, home purchases, cash out refinances, reverse mortgage, whatever it is, you can still, you're going to actually step up. And this is where you, you become the professional and the advisor versus an order taker. And this is not bad. We had to tell our team that, you know, we have, you know, 50 some odd loan officers that we had to chill out and say, we've gotten through this. I've been in this industry for over three decades. I've seen this 40, 50 times in my career. And guess what? I'm still here. I'm still survived. We survived March. And after March, where you thought the sky was falling, you're about to commit Harry Carey. We ended up having the best year ever. Everybody did. So it's just a mindset. So we're trying to get everybody to have the right mindset and put it in perspective because this is actually not a bad thing. And, uh, and we were talking to you about that, Clayton. This isn't a bad thing because this means that we're potentially getting out of a really bad situation that we've had for the last year. And I'll let Gino describe that to you after you have any questions, Clayton. I'm kind of hogging the show, but I just want to clarify that it, there's still a lot of opportunities out there. So our lead analyst, Logan Motoshami, loves to remind me and our audience uh, every day that uh, the number of 30 to 34 year olds who are potentially entering the home ownership market has, has never been larger. And Correct. Logan was talking about this in March and in April. And at the time, I think a lot of people were like, inventory, pandemic, recession. But sure enough, uh, uh, um, demographics won and uh, that purchase market keeps pushing forward. So we, we talked a little bit about loan originator psychology and getting over the fact that we're not selling $3 or 3% paper anymore. We got we to gotta sell three and a half and uh, that, that's okay. Um, but how do you get that first time home buyer, a first time homeowner past what could be a psychological hurdle that mortgages are a little bit more expensive than they were just a few weeks ago? You've got to use, if they're a renter, Clayton, you've got to use a rent versus own analysis. And that's what Don was saying when being a professional, being an advisor. Don't just talk. Use the tools that exist today. Mortgage Coach is amazing. Barry Habib on MBS Highway has some amazing tools as well. So you have these rent versus own calculators that show you that it's an absolute no-brainer. Homeowners are 46 times more wealthy on average than renters. And not only that, but you have the pride of homeownership, the security of being able to build a family. There's a million other great reasons to buy a home that are That's not the best related. Investment ever. <laughs> yeah, they're not related to interest rate. Interest rate is a, um, you know, and I, one of the things that I, you know, we talked earlier about trying to be truthful in this business and uh, bringing the real information out. The average homeowner pays 65 to 70% interest on a 3% mortgage. And you're like, how does that happen? 
Well, the way amortization works, if you only keep the loan five to seven years, on average, you're paying about 65%. So if you look at the truth, if you look at the LE, they added a section called tip. And the tip section on the LE shows you how much interest you're paying in the first five years. And since most average homeowners only keep a, a mortgage five to seven years, that's how much interest they're paying. So in reality, the whole idea of a 3% or a three and a quarter percent mortgage is a lie because it's only if you make 360 payments. How many of us have made all 360 payments on any mortgage we've ever owned? Almost no one. And so we have to educate people about the interest rate that we show in APR is a number that's not your effective interest rate. And so if we can get the effective interest rate uh, calculation in front of them, I think then they can make a more educated decision. So I, I'm on this show and at Housing Wire, I think we have the opportunity to talk to a lot of C-suite leaders, a handful of originators and people across the tech landscape. We don't get to talk to the origination leaders at the regional and area level quite as often. And I really wanted to take this opportunity uh, to talk a little bit more about what it means to be an area manager and uh, specifically at Finance of America, but also at other uh, institutions and banks where you've been in your career. What is the role of an area manager and, and how is it uniquely fit for, for each of you? A psychologist. A hundred percent. Pretty yeah. much what I expected to hear, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, honestly, it, it's got to be a passion. I mean, if you're going to be working with some of the most, uh, high energy, um, but also emotional individuals in, in the world called salespeople. It's not just our industry. It's just salespeople. But that's what you need to be good in sales. I'm sorry. You have to be high energy. You have to have high emotion. You have to have a high passion to be a great hunter and deal with the ups and downs in our industry. So I, I think you know what Gino and I have learned, we, we've worked really hard for 12 years now. To start, we start from scratch with five people in an office the size I'm sitting in right now. Uh, to build the right company and get a company and a team. And basically that means the old saying, put the right people on the bus. I mean, only, only good people, be patient, only put good people, people that have the right attitudes that work hard and are great team players that all work together and row the boat in the same direction. Therefore you can give the support to those that are hunting because as a hunter, I was a top producer in the nation. Gino supported me on that team. And all we asked for was get us out of the minutia. I just don't want to do paperwork. I don't want to do processing. Let me go hunt and I will go hunt. I will put the, as Gene always says, I'll put the paint on my face. I'll grab the spear and arrows and I'll go out and hunt. And that's all I wanted to do. So as an area manager, our goal is one, to give them the support they need so they can do their job and get out of what they're not good at anyways. And two, give them a culture that they love being around, love going to work. Don't want to leave. I mean, we've only had like what two or three people leave us in 10 years, you know, and two of them come back Two, two coming back right now was, was the grass was greener are coming back because we love our, our job. Luckily they know it. We're in the trenches with them. We'll work 12, 15, 16 hours with them. We know the markets we study, we update them. We give them the tools they need and the education, but, and then we help them become true professionals. We don't just say, here's some cards. Good luck. It's you have to improve. We're going to help you improve and we're going to make you a true professional. That way you earn and build your own business. Being like we're, we're for a bank, they're handing you business. It's never your own. 
So if you become a true professional and take great care of your clients, you build, that's how people really get successful, successful in this business is building your own database of people that know, like, and trust you that refer others to you. And that's how you survive. It's not being transactional. It's you have to build relationships. Yeah. I was going to go down a little bit of a different road, Clayton, if, if I have another minute here, uh, I was going to talk about how it's at finance of America is very entrepreneurial. And Don explained that we started with five people and now we're 125 people. Well, how does that happen? A, it doesn't happen overnight. He explained what the pieces were that we needed to have, but you also have to be with a company that believes in you and gives you autonomy. And that's something that this group of individuals has always done for us. They trust that what Don, Leslie, and I, we have another partner, Leslie Gardella, um, whatever decision we make, they give us autonomy. They give us guidance from the top, but they don't tell us what to do. They make sure to guide us, coach us, train us. And I think we need to do the same things for our loan officers. We're guides in this, in this mission that we're on. And it's very entrepreneurial. We manage our own P&Ls. We hire and fire all of our own employees. Um, so this is not a kind of a top-down mandate toward, sort of company. We are, it's more of a bottom-up. We seem to be a very flat organization. I know a lot of people say that. But really, I mean, we talk to Bill Dallas all the time. You know, yep. and he's a very busy person. And you know, CEO, it's a friend Steve of- Reich, our yeah. regional Craig Davis Daily. I mean, it's a great company where we can just reach out and converse and strategize with our leaders. And you have to have that. I mean, it allows you to grow and they have to have faith that you can grow. I mean, when we first started, we were, you know, we were excited to be doing, you know, $20 million in a month. And now we're doing $150 million in a month. And last year was $1.4 billion in our region. That that was because we had the support that we get. It's that, you know, it rolls downhill because our management gives us support and the, the tools we need. We do the same with our team. It, it, it works. It, it, it's worked really well for us and we're excited about our future. So, you know, Don mentioned culture and we also briefly mentioned how entrepreneurial and flat the organization is. So when you think about culture inside of your area, your, your org of 125 originators, how much of that culture reflects the, the broader um, finance of America culture and how much is like the, the Leslie, Don and Gino culture? And uh, so, so how do you kind of balance that, that, that cultural strategy when um, you're so flat and entrepreneurial inside of a larger org? So interestingly enough, Don is the culture king, right? So here we go. We call him. He's, yes. We've got a nickname. So uh, our boss, Craig Davis, uh, nicknamed him Donnie Love Buckets. Uh, <laughs> and it's because he actually would send these giant like plastic tubs to people with all this welcome signs. And we make sure that people have a great experience on their first day because they it's important that you make you only have one chance to make a first impression. And so we have all these wonderful cultural things that really Don is in charge of. It's not my gig. I get to enjoy the benefits of it because people are thanking me all the time, but he's the brains behind the cultural piece of our operation. And what's interesting is I don't think that we were always connected at FAM as one culture. In fact, the way Finance of America came to be was the uh, conglomerate of 21 companies, I believe, that came together. And Bill, 21 Bill, main companies, 400 little ones, you know, yeah, it was 400 <laughs> DBAs, I think. Yeah. And so uh, when Bill came over, the initiative when Bill and Skyline came into Finance of America was to build one fam. And so I think for us, it was a little easier because the culture that we brought over from Skyline and we brought a lot of it. And Bill said, it's our job to infect 
the rest of fam with this culture. <laughs> and and I feel like we have. So it feels like, I mean, and it's everybody has a part. It's not just us. It's just every single person have a part. And we're all friends. Like, you know, Steve's our friend. Steve will send jokes at me. You know, he'll pick on me. We'll do stuff. We're, we're totally open and comfortable and human with each other. And I think it really, even though it's a bunch of leaders, we all know how to play well together. I actually had Bill on this podcast about a year ago. We will have to add that link to the show notes. Um, and I came back to that episode about six months ago because so much changed after I talked to Bill. And when he talked about his, his goals and strategy for the year, I'm like, God, none of that could have held up through COVID. But it, it turns out a lot of the ways he was thinking um, actually probably prepared the organization relatively well for the opportunity that, that lied ahead in 2020. Uh, on, c- coming back to the topic of, of culture, before we got on air today, Don forwarded me a, a meme of Matthew McConaughey and, and I <laughs> probably pretty representative of the type of culture and the type of leadership that you, you strive for in your team. Um, Don, since you are the culture king, do you want to tell us about that meme? Tell us about how you communicate with your 125 originators, maybe even specific to how you communicate in times of turmoil, like we saw last week when the bond market turned and rates shot up. Um, thank you, Clay. And thanks again for having us on the show. This is fun stuff. We're, we're enjoying this. Um, we always enjoy housing wire and, and being part of it is exciting. So uh, uh, basically, it's being human and being authentic. That's one thing we've learned. Uh, Gina and I have a lot of you out there who've been in the industry a long time. We, we laugh that our egos are displaced now. We've been knocked down so many times. We've made more mistakes than anyone. We And you know they say that's how you succeed a lot of times is fail faster. And boy, Gino and I know that one. And but we'll we're try good at things, that. and we'll work hard. But we're very authentic with our team. Uh, we get their input a lot. We have you know roundtables and leadership councils and stuff like that. Um, it's just basically communicating well with them. Like during this time, we didn't vacate and say, "Oh, don't don't worry about the market. It'll be fine." We're like, "Yeah, this sucks." This is rough. This is hard. You got to tell you. We know you have to talk to your clients and your agents and try to explain this. So let's give you some fuel. Let's give you some scripting. Let's give you some perspective to share with your clients. Like Gina was talking about it. You know, this was a, this is not the worst thing in the world. This is actually the reason, like one of our, I'll give Leslie Black from one of our top performers who did a great email to her agent and client because the agent is like, why are you quoting such a high rate? Your rates are higher than anybody else. She's like, well, you're out of, you might be a little out of touch with what's happened this last week or two. And here's a description of what happened. Rates were down because of COVID. And because of COVID, the industries slowed down. And because of that, the, you know, that the Fed got involved and helped lower interest rates, stimulate the economy. Well, if rates are going up, that means everybody feels good because the vaccine's coming up, the, that the economy's going to rebound. And therefore, rates don't need to be in the doldrums. That's a bad thing. That means we're stuck in our homes. And I love how Gino put it. He goes, this is actually a good thing. We get to come out of our caves. If this, this works, economy comes back and the vaccines works, we don't have to stay home. We can actually go see our friends again. We get to go to restaurants. We get to travel. We get to do things we like to do. So this isn't all bad. It should, I mean, literally March, these rates were higher than where we're at right now. And historically, I mean, just two years ago, that when the rates with the 4%, we were excited at a three years ago, 5% was wonderful. So it's all in perspective and just educate your borrowers and show them bond charts and candlestick charts and, and information that allows them to understand that it's not you that did this. 
it's just a market reaction and it's an adjustment that they'll be fine. So, yeah, so that's Don what we kind of shared. A lot of bomb bomb. Don really likes bomb bomb. He really <laughs> does. He does. And it's good because people can see you and they can see your sincerity. You know, we talked about being genuine. Well, there's no better way to be genuine than to look someone in the eyes and be able to see them and see their expression and see their body language. Uh, so I think that's how we communicate as far as the transportation method is we like video. So it sounds like with 125 originators, you, you both have your your hands full with the, the day job of, of leading an area for, for fam. You're also creating a ton of content. You're also hosting an event, Momentum Builder, which is coming up next month. Tell me, how are you making time for, for all these amazing things? And then lead, lead us in Momentum Builder. T tell us about this event you have coming up next month. I'm going to let right. Don okay. talk about Momentum Builder, but I'm going to tell you how we do it. Okay, because, I'll let you handle that because it's a unique way we're able to do that with the three musketeers. Yeah. So <laughs> number number one is sleep faster. Yeah, okay. Because and that's that. Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger identified that Americans sleep too much. And he said eight hours is absolutely ridiculous if you want to be successful, sleep faster. So on average, we probably <laughs> sleep somewhere between five and six hours. And even though that sounds silly, it's actually the truth because my best time and Don's best time, we're communicating at 4 30, 5 o'clock in the morning. That's golden time. That's when we get our projects done. That's the time when we have no incoming noise. So there is a secret. I mean, you and know, we're not great, taking time from our families either at that time. That's right. Great. Our great grandparents had it right when they said the early bird gets the worm. There's a reason for that. It's absolutely true. Early bird gets the worm because it's when everybody else is still sleeping. So that's kind of how we do it. Well, that we also are very fortunate that we have a, you know, a lot of people, you know, regional managers are, are on their own. You know, and they have support teams below them. We're very fortunate. There's three of us that handle unique areas of our re regional business where, you know, where I handle culture, business de development and all that type of stuff, uh, vision. And then Gino, of course, helps with that vision, but he handles the operations. I don't have to worry about how do we fix those broken loans? Where are underwriters coming from and all that? And then we're fortunate we've added on an additional partner that's helping us with a lot of the minutiae, the stuff that one, Gino and I are not great at. We're, most, we're, we're big time salespeople, just like a lot of you out there. So it's hard for us to handle HR and you know all the payroll and also the alignment, um, she supports one us, uh, Leslie Gardella. We brought her on the team and she handles certain aspects of the region that are integral and important and, and uh, onboarding and training and all these things that we don't have to do. And then we have an operations manager and Kevin Brunchop. So Kevin handles that. We have Don Tosinovich that handles that. We have great uh, 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 branch managers that kick butt. They handle their stuff. Everybody just does what they need to do. We don't have to micromanage. That's the key. We just give them the support and let them do their job. I mean, you talk about Daniel Arias and Jake, you know, Wade and all these, you know, Edgars, they handle their business. That's so, what it is. It's, it's, we give them, we talked a little bit about how fam gives us autonomy. We give our team autonomy as well. We believe in them and we ask them and empower them to make their own decisions. So they, so I don't, we don't have to micromanage 125 people. We really only have to guide them as they need guidance when they're asking for it. Other than that, they know what they're doing. 
hire is, great people. Is that job the right people on the bus? Like that that focus of how much you can uh, uh, delegate, not micromanage in a in a 2020 environment versus a, a 2021 environment. I imagine that the kind of the skill set and the the problems you have to solve and the way you have to coach is is entirely different. So do you think your year in 2021, which hopefully is a little more purchase focused, still still higher volume, looks any looks any different than where you had to spend your time last year? Actually, we're more prepared than ever (laughs) because of the volume that we all were fortunate to receive in 2020. It forced us to hire and hire and hire and hire and replace the weaker, I'm not saying weak, but weaker with the stronger. And literally right now, we're more prepared than ever to absolutely crush the competition because we have the best people in the world. We've gotten rid of anybody that was a CB player. We have not almost all A players. We're all, all we're prepared for higher volume. So if it does slip a little bit because refi, we'll crush the purchase. I mean, we'll close it as fast as you want. We'll do TBDs. We're more prepared than ever. Last year was really survival. I mean, there was a fire hose of business and we couldn't hire fast enough at one point because we have great producers big producers and we're trying to support them and, and hire people and, and get the right people. Cause we're actually very particular. I mean, they go through a gambit to be hired by us and they have to be career oriented oriented and team players. And that's hard to find. And now we have them. So actually we're really looking good for 2021 in my eyes. Yeah. So, I, think okay, so on the subject of- I don't think it's uh, any more difficult than it was last year at all. I think 2021 we're poised for a much a much better year as far as it comes from uh, being prepared to grow. As is Finance of America too. They've made some great strategic moves that were that support us even better between products and tools and systems and people. So as you talk about recruiting and, and developing and retaining the the best originators out there and um, kind of top grading from that C and B minus talent up up to A players. Uh, how can people expect to learn some of those practices at Momentum Builder? Um, we're all we're all sales leaders in in some way. Uh, my my executive team and I focus on on talent management and recruiting the best uh, media professionals and sales professionals we can every single day. So I, I'm excited to learn some of your tricks of the trade in this uh, this event coming up. So what what can we expect about learning some of your secrets to sales leadership? Well, they should be involved because you're going to be part of it, Clayton. We're going to be interviewing you during <laughs> Momentum Builder. Um, we're really excited. Uh, this is a passion of ours. This is not um, how does Don and Gino figure out how to, you know, make money doing something else, doing something they love. What we we did this actually three years ago. We started this three years ago because we're really big on also coaching um, our teammates and our real estate partners. And what we found is when we sit down and do uh, business development, business planning for the the upcoming year, as we know, everybody's pretty excited. January, I'm going to have the best year ever. I've re revamped my goals. I'm going to change my habits and I'm going to have the best year ever. Clayton, what happens about March? Probably not much has changed. And they're probably in most cases, not hitting their goals already. But I'm going to give you real estate agents that are listening an out, or you can tell your real estate agents, here's an out. A, unfortunately, they probably didn't change their habits. They wanted to, but after two weeks, it went back to just being busy. And B, January and February typically suck. It's usually our slowest months of the year. So of course, you're off your goals. So we built Momentum Builder with the idea of 
hey, let's get our real estate partners that we love and rely on and they rely on us and give them the inspiration, tools and motivation and information to be prepared for what really is their earnings season. Their earnings season, most of our earnings season is April through September. That's where you make 80% of our money, basically. So let's give them the momentum. That's where Momentum Builder came from with the right speakers and professionals to guide them so that they're ready and ready to go in April. April 1st, ready? Because that's when I mean, you could still have your best year ever and create uh, habits and systems that will change your life and career forever. Not just your career. These aren't just professional speakers. These are people teaching you about mindset and, and helping you with so many factors, not make more calls, you know, do you know, they don't, there's not grindstone stuff. These are people like Hal Elrod teaching you how to handle your mornings like Gina and I do, how to start your day. You know, you got Clay Aber talking about how do you introduce yourself? I'm a real estate agent. I'm a mortgage lender. Well, yeah, there's millions of you out there. Big deal. He teaches you that. We got Todd Duncan that all of you know. He's got two sections. He's opening and closing because he's the man. Barry Habib, of course, is on there. Dave Savage is on there. We got Barry Itzler. I mean, we have a billionaire. That started Jesse Marquee Itzler. Jets. Itzler. Yes. Jesse Itzler. Jesse. Yes. <laughs> I have to keep I have to keep Don in line with his name hacking. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Thanks, <laughs> Can't forget. That's why there's two of us. <laughs> you have Renee Rodriguez on there too, right? I, I just yeah. we just went to his class about it. Oh my god. Yeah, that was good. Oh, you yeah. went to it too. Yep. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wasn't it? Learning it's amazing. how to virtually speak to your audience. Heaven forbid, that's what we all have to do now, right? Yeah. <laughs> But what an interesting piece, of, not to segue too hard with into the Renee piece, but you know, now that we are watching these presentations come in and things of that nature, and every Zoom call I get on, I have a completely different idea of what I'm looking for now when I'm on Zoom with somebody. Renee has completely reprogrammed our brains that, you know, we were slack. I mean, Don and I had to redo the, our entire office behind us to make sure that we look good on a Zoom call. I mean, we really took made had to start making an effort into things like that. Where earlier in the year, before we met Renee, I think we were like t-shirt, hat, hat glasses. Who cares? So it, it's those kinds of things. It's always upping your game, and you know, we try to lead by example. So these people that are at Momentum Builder are the people uh, we've learned from, the yeah. people that have helped us go from five to one hundred and twenty-five, and we just want to share that with as many people as possible. I mean, imagine Clayton, we have 20 amazing speakers uh, on average, four to five a day for a whole week. And yes, it's a whole week, but it's 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. with breaks. So all you gotta do is really focus during those speakers. I, we will guarantee, we are guarantee. I mean, it's only with your housing wire discount. I mean, it's only $149 for the entire week and you get access to all the presentations during and after the event, plus our more momentum 52 week campaign. But I will guarantee anyone of these speakers will move you, will change your life. I mean, I've seen all these speakers and they are amazing. Brittany Hodak teaching you how to create super fans. So your clients, your past clients go and refer you business. She teaches you that. I mean, you also know Trevor Moad, the best brain trainer in sports. Nick Saban goes to him. He's going to be speaking about how neutral thinking and how to handle the ups and downs in your careers. I can go on and on. It's just, it's awesome. It's really at the end of the day, it. that's what it is. It's, it's, and I don't want to call it self-improvement because that's kind of a cheesy term, but if you're not training, right, if, if our sport, right, the, all the professional sports players in the world have trainers and they have personal trainers and professional trainers and actors have trainers, 
this is training for our industry. This is, we got to train our mind. That's the muscle that we use every day. We got to train our mind. We got to train our mouths. We got to be able to speak better. We have to be able to learn more. That's how we get better at this job. And I'm telling you, all the speakers here, some of these presentations are going to be off the hook. Like I can't wait. Momentum is my favorite word. So you picked a good a good name for the event. So before we wrap things up today, I have one last question for each of you. And this might be a tough one, or maybe it's something you've already already thought about. But we've we've talked a lot about um, leadership and upping your game and self improvement. Uh, so I want to start off with you, Gino. What's one thing that you are going to do in 2021? up your game that you did not do last year, something that you were trying to do to be better as a leader, mortgage professional, area manager, media creator, whatever it is, what's one thing you want to change this year? I need to be a little more selfish because (laughs) it's true. Sometimes what happened last year is I put everybody else's needs ahead of mine again. This happens a lot with leaders, by the way. This is not a bad thing. This is a typical leadership trait. And then, so for me in particular, I fought my weight my whole life. And so I spent two years dropping from 315 pounds down to a low twos and pretty much stayed there for seven years. And that was a great accomplishment. And I felt the best I've ever felt in my life. Well, last year I let it all go because I didn't have the discipline. I lost my discipline in 2020. So this year, even going to Momentum Builder, for me, I'm looking to be re-inspired, to be more disciplined so that I can effect, be more effective in the things that I know how to do. Sometimes we know how to do things. We just don't do them. And that's kind of what Hal Elrod's going to get to. It's like you have to, and I know that Craig Davis is going to talk about this too, is how do you build habits? And what happened is my gym closed down. So something right. so simple as my gym, I used to go to the gym every day, 5 a.m., see Don we there, our first, first, started first meeting first of the day. meetings at 530 in the morning at the gym. So, so look at the power of that. The habit broke, the discipline fell apart, and I lost something that I was able to achieve for seven years straight. So I need to get back there and have, I know that for me, habits and the miracle morning is going to be a very important piece. Well, uh, I like that one a lot. I've actually, I haven't said this to anybody yet, but I was thinking about like getting a, like a mortgage accountability group going or something like in a Slack channel or something just to like. I have the, you know, a very similar goal. So uh, we should, we so should talk I. about that one offline and see how we can uh, hold each other accountable t- toward that self No, that's a good point, you know, because I mean, I bet you a lot of us have the same thing for two reasons. One, you know, COVID, gyms closing, and also the volume of business. I mean, a lot of us were like, we have to work as hard as we can to, uh, you know, accept this gravy that's been presented to us. We don't always have these opportunities. This is only the third time I've seen this kind of a run, you know, in my, it's usually once a decade that you get this kind of run. Yes. Can you stay consistent have good, good years, but this has been, you know, phenomenal. And so all of us have just been putting, burning the candle at both ends and it's rough. And uh, like we were in our video, we were telling our team, Hey, you've been asking for a break. (laughs) <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> your your you got one. volume is going to slow down some. So take a de- deep breath and reach back out to your real estate partners and your friends and others and stuff and, and, and start taking care of yourself because that's where Gina and I are going back to. We, we haven't completely remembered, but we did lose that discipline that we had that, that makes us feel more confident and uh, energetic and prepared. So Don, how are you going to up your game this year? 
Same thing as Gino. We both basically kind of put those things aside because one for our team, we wanted to support our team during the busiest time we've ever had. And it was, it was challenging for them. So we, our goal, we take it to heart to give them every opportunity to be successful. So we burn the candle all in side by side with them to help them through this onslaught of business. And it was a wonderful thing, but it's also challenging. It's a weird thing. You're like, oh, you have your best year ever. Yeah, but I, I don't want to piss off my clients. I don't want to piss off my agents. You know, I want to I want to see my family once in a while, you know, so we basically were side by side with them. So our goal is with hiring more people, getting the right people that this year our goal is to allow our team to have a better quality of life and us to have a better quality of life yeah. and get so back fact, on our, our disciplines. In fact, our team uh, motto for the whole year is yeah. better before bigger. We don't want to grow unless we get better first. And if we get better, we'll get bigger anyway, but it's better before bigger. So let's make sure to focus on if everyone just gets a little bit better and we improve every single day, we'll grow organically. Yep. I mean, that, that aligns perfectly with what Bill told me last year on this podcast. Don, Gino, thank you both so much for your time today. If anyone wants to get in touch with you or learn more about Momentum Builder, anywhere they should look. Well, for Momentum Builder, please sign up today because don't go. I know it's really easy to go, oh, I will. And then you don't. This is an opportunity to change your careers. I promise you, this is not just for us. This is not a money-making event. This is our passion. We want to share all these great professionals that have changed our lives like you, Clayton. So then go to MomentumBuilderEvent.com. MomentumBuilderEvent.com and sign up and put in HW, Housing Wire 2021. Housing Wire 2021. You get $100 off and you're set and live chat during it 52-way campaign it's gonna be and it's gonna be fun you get us goofballs that are hosting it from a, a professional american dream tv studios it's gonna be a, a hoot and like i said these speakers all of them will move you gentlemen thank you thank you clayton thank you clayton that was fun Well, thank you for listening to the Housing News Podcast. Please don't forget to give us feedback and rate us on iTunes. Also, make sure to check out Housing Wire's daily podcast, Housing Wire Daily, which is a wrap of Housing Wire's hottest stories and now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And we'll see you next week.